right, boys, let's start. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Panda's Platinum Chase Podcast. This is a podcast about video games, trophy hunting, and everything in between. I am your host, Gilbert. I'm Kate. I'm Joe. I'm Tyler. Today, we'll cover some of the latest news, take a look at what we're playing, and uh, talk about Xbox buying Activision. Yeah. So, uh, Joe, what do you think? If things to talk about today. Yeah. Joe, what was your uh, reaction to Xbox? Honestly, I'm just getting tired of Microsoft's MO being to walk up to the market and buy the biggest fish at the stall. Like, I just, I don't know. I feel like there's better ways to fuel competition <laughs> than just buying everything. You know, like Sony bought Housemark and Bluepoint because they made good um, exclusives for the company. But then Microsoft was just like, who don't we own yet? Activision will do. Dartboard. It, yeah, it really is like they just have a dartboard. They're just like, today we will buy Activision. All right, cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, at first, I was annoyed. Um, I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter because I have an Xbox. But <laughs> at first, I was annoyed because it's like, okay, why does everybody need to own everyone? Um, but then I thought about it, and I don't... Other than Tony Hawk, uh, I don't really buy Activision. So, Kate, what, what were your thoughts yeah, I, I'm not sad about it as like a gamer in terms of, oh, goodness, what, what kind of games are, are we losing to the Xbox machine? Um, mostly because most of the games that Activision Blizzard puts out do not align with my tastes. But just the way that you know, Disney has to own everything and Xbox is now you know, buying off all these uh, mid-sized publishers, I think it's just concerning in terms of being a consumer, right? Less the more that these are, uh, all these game companies are owned by these giant conglomerates, there is going to be um, just a lack of innovation in gaming. It's going to be a lot more of the same. Uh, it's just going to water down games. Um, you know, it's it's what happens when you have monopolies, and unfortunately, capitalism in this country monopolies are more the norm than they should be because there's no real like push to break any of them up. Um, so I think we're just going to keep seeing more of it. I, I saw lists going around of all the remaining, you know, big and mid-sized publishers out there, like EA Games, that have remained independent and just, you know, oh, here's the shopping list for Sony. But it's actually going to really hurt gamers and the industry if everything's either owned by Sony or Nintendo or Xbox. You're just going to see um, everything kind of merge into all the games are going to look alike and it's going to be harder. I think for a lot of those indie titles and those, you know, really cool ideas that create the next Activision uh, blizzard to happen. So it's not great. Yeah. I mean, there's a difference between buying, um, you know, Joe mentioned like Housemark, which was just Housemark, And then I don't know, casually dropping 70 billion to uh, buy Activision and Blizzard and Vicarious and Vision. And everything that falls under that umbrella. <laughs> Toys Correct. for Bob, right. uh, Raven. 
I mean, we could literally spend an hour probably naming every studio under Activision. And, you know, Activision hasn't really had the best social standing lately. Um, oh, because they're misogynistic and racist workplace. That I mean, one? I mean, you I just was just going to leave it at any development team. So, yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, it is it is pervasive among the gaming industry. Um, it's just to ha- happen to be that Activision Blizzard really took it to a new level, uh, yeah. really perfected the horribleness. Um, uh, and yeah, they were really I, shaking know, up much- the misogyny space. Yes. Yes. You're right. You're really, really, really doing some interesting, innovative things there. Um, you have to wonder how much of this corporate cash is going to be paid out in settlement to former employees. Um, we'll see. Yeah. Um, and Tyler, we'll, uh, I, I, uh, and a, just, I'm going to say one more thing and then, uh, you know, I want to get your, your reaction. Obviously I'm having a hard time with, with words. Um, yeah, I, I was listening to Game Informer earlier and obviously Microsoft Xbox has a reputation that this is what somebody at Game Informer said. Um, Microsoft has a reputation outside of just games. And so their thought was that the hammer is going to come down pretty, pretty hard on anybody that was involved. So I'm sure once the ink dries, you know, Bobby is going to go down pretty quick. But Tyler, what did you think about the, uh, the news uh well i mean kind of what kate alluded to is it just feels like the disney of the gaming industry um and especially with like now call of duty and halo are under the same umbrella and those are like the two biggest shooter franchises um even though i'm not like a big you know i don't really play either one of them uh still kind of bothers me having like they were competition and now they're not. So like, you know, like you said, where does that leave any type of uh, innovation and actual drive to make something the best it can be? Um, which yeah, it's, uh, it's happening way too much now, which is really sad. And anybody that does have anything, uh, original and like unique anymore it seems they immediately get bought up because these other companies you know don't want them to rise to prominence off of that and become future competitors so they you know yeah try to assimilate them as soon as possible yeah and it's just it's weird because like if you look at sony you know they bought housemark because they made returnal and they were like all right we like this you show promise Let's give you money so you can do more. Whereas Microsoft, it feels like they're just buying this. So they're like, all right, we now have a massive chunk of the market that we can do whatever we want with and restrict it to just us. So if they want to play Call of Duty, Crash Bandicoot, Spyro the Dragon, Guitar Hero, they got to come to us. Any Bethesda game. Any, exactly. Yeah. Anything Bethesda. I... I- I w- I'm interested to see actually how many of these properties become exclusive and remain exclusive. Um, I, what we've seen more recently is that we games will have outside of the flagship titles like Halo that define a particular console. You see 
gaming uh, games having an exclusive window, right, where they may be for a year, two years exclusive on a particular console before um, they brought in out to other systems, which makes sense because for a lot of these, you know, for Xbox and, and PlayStation, uh, Nintendo, they are more interested in um, the sales of their consoles for the first couple of years that a console's on the market. Um, and after that point, why would they kind of leave money on the table when they could, you know, package it up as a special collection and release it on a competitor? So you might see that. Um, I think what's more, what we can do as consumers is, you know, uh, is actually, you know, pay attention trying to, to support these indie developers that are not part of the Xbox machine or not part of the, the PlayStation machine because, um, you know, what's trying to try and dri- driving this is how much, uh, how much expensive it is for companies to put out a triple A title and, you know, $70 billion. That's a really nice amount of influx of money into into your you know company as you're trying to develop these giant games so i would say the more that you can support smaller titles they're doing you know they're, maybe, maybe they don't as gorgeous as the you know call of duty vanguard but hey they're you know they're trying something different they're something else out on the market yeah i mean i think uh playstation's been trying to highlight those indies a lot more uh it's just trying to get a chance to play them. Uh, usually what ends up happening is I see PlayStation highlights it. And then when I load up game pass, <laughs> I see that it's available on game pass and uh, I play it that way. But Well, you've really hit on something, which is that, you know, I think the reason that this is a smart move on Xbox's part is that, they have taken this time to build out Game Pass because they combined their, you know, the, essentially the equivalent of PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now to one service. Um, and then they wanted to add additional games to it. It's PlayStation right now, their interface is so much clunkier than, uh, than Xbox's. And the fact that it's split into two separate services. The PlayStation Now is not really robust as Game Pass is, uh, and PlayStation Plus is not <laughs> as robust as Game. So you really just kind of get the, the worst of both worlds. I think I think this puts a lot of pressure on Sony to develop a their version of Game Pass. It's yeah, I just wonder what that's going to look like. I think it's going to be probably uh, a. a that there will be a, a either combine it and that's just the one price for plus and now, or there will be some kind of gold tier, platinum tier, whatever you want to call it, that is combining the two and allow and allows them to kind of build out now more robustly. Yeah. I I let my now subscription lapse just because of the rumors going around. And because of our little challenge uh i'm not going to be playing a bunch of random stuff off now so why <laughs> why yeah. uh resubscribe until i know what's going on so but aren't yakuza three four and five on now what rumor uh four and five the ps3 version are on now mm-hmm. but i yeah. have the remastered that's the issue with now right now is that uh there are some phenomenal games on there but the the titles don't change that dramatically. And 
um, you know, they, they may have at any given point, maybe 10 to 20 AAA game titles on there. And the rest are indie developers um, or, or older games. And that's awesome. Like, it's great that that, that that exists. And I certainly, I'm playing a, a fun game that I, that I just found on there. Um, and I just finished up a game, Celeste, that I'd heard about and had never gotten to play um, until I play on PlayStation now, but they need a more, you know, their PlayStation is starting from a strong position previous to this purchase than Xbox is. They had, a, I think, a deeper game library. Um, they have some great titles out there. Put them on there, guys. You know, you, you drive more people to. Um, and related to this, this is a separate thing. They need to clean up the PlayStation Store. It is one. It is. Uh, horrifically horrible to navigate the PlayStation store. It's just, they don't do much in terms of like being able to search. You can't search really beyond just genre and platform. It's, there needs to be a better way to search. Um, because I feel like there's just a lot of gems there that nobody finds out about. Yeah. Yeah. Either somebody in the server talks about something or, um, you know, I, uh, pay attention to Game Informer a lot. Like somebody has to tell me something, mm-hmm. or it has to be in the deals section because honestly, that's the only mm-hmm. uh, section that I'm scrolling through. Is what's what's cheap for me to not play for another year or so. And there's just like perplexing decisions. So on PlayStation Now, you can search via co- you can search for games that feature co-op. Mm-hmm. You can't do that in the PlayStation Store. That's true. I want to give you money, PlayStation, if you easily tell me which games are co-op. So I have to go to a separate site, Co-Optimist, to find out those games. Uh, you know, it just... Oh, PlayStation. So we'll see. We'll see how Sony responds. I think they've had a lot of turmoil eternally over the last couple of years. So... Uh, We'll see if this lights a fire under them or if it's just more chaos. Big question, and then we'll move on to the next topic. Do we think Call of Duty is going to go fully exclusive in a couple years? Oh, I doubt that. It's such... Call of Duty's like... listen, The games that are like huge like that, that have those massive... Uh, <clears throat> massive player bases... I don't see how the the I don't know if the numbers their research is gonna is gonna bear out that the people that they lose to not playing it are going to buy an Xbox. Like I don't know how many people this will actually motivate to purchase an Xbox. Tyler, what do you think? Um, I mean a. I'd find it to be pretty doubtful um, just because, you know, it is like such a huge franchise. Um, But I honestly wouldn't really care either way because I've checked out of that series a long time ago. Uh, So, but um, I mean, it, it would definitely be a, I don't know if power play would be the right. It's a power play yeah. term exactly, yeah. but it uh, like it, it would not be a good thing to do. I think the game like, that they're gonna have, you'd be stabbing a lot of fans in the back. Yeah, 
Sorry, I realized you were finishing up. Um, I would say the, I think the games that they're likely to have be exclusive are games like uh, Bethesda games, ones with smaller but very passionate fan bases that may make that decision to purchase an Xbox or to go into that um, because they love those games versus maybe a Call of Duty player. You know, it doesn't motivate you when you find something else. So then you're just losing that stream of income. You're not replacing it by somebody buying an Xbox. And it's also um, kind of like if it isn't broke, don't fix it. Like, you know, I mean, there's there's always kind of been a divide between like, you know, Xbox and playstation with call of duty fans like you know which one they prefer and kind of this rivalry there um so like you would definitely alienate a lot of you know playstation exclusive players if you made it only for xbox um uh, yeah it just wouldn't be a good move for a lot of reasons uh, and it, i don't see how they could think they'd be getting more money because it's like if it's already on both platforms just keep making the game for both of them and it's like you know you i don't know just why take a chance yeah i'm kind of in that boat where like the money they'll make by keeping it on all the platforms doesn't seem like it will be less than the, what they will make in the new platform sales by making it exclusive. But at the same time, I'm kind of in the same boat as Tyler where the last Call of Duty I actively bought and enjoyed was Black Ops 2. <laughs> Other than that, I've just somehow wound up owning them because either they're, they come for free on Plus, a friend doesn't want it anymore... Or my personal favorite is World War Two because when I bought my PS4, there was a deal at GameStop where you buy a PlayStation and you get Call of Duty. And as we were walking out, the guy was like, oh, you forgot your game. I was like, no, we don't want it. He was like, no, you have to take it. You can't not. <laughs> so I was pretty much yeah. just forced to take <laughs> Call of Duty World War Two with me. Well, at least you had something to play. <laughs> we are admittedly maybe not the target audience for this decision. Obviously we're, we're all, we've all mentioned that we're not really into the Activision Blizzard games. Um, I mean, there are some like some, yeah, I'm really hoping that they don't make things like crash and Spyro exclusive. Cause that would just be like, I don't know. That just seems wrong to take things that were exclusive on the PlayStation that then went to the whole market to just grab them back up and say, no, these are mine now. Like, that would be if Microsoft yeah. just bought Naughty Dog and said, Uncharted is ours now. I mean, look at Rare. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's right. They did do I that. Mean, yeah. yeah. They took uh, they took Rare from <laughs> Nintendo, basically. And and guess what? I can play Banjo-Kazooie on my, uh, my Xbox now. Even though that was, what, a uh, 64 game? I, I suspect that mm -hmm. outside of a few big titles that they want to kind of tout as here's your reason to buy uh, the new Xbox, it is going to be, I think, more 
you get it from us, you get this exclusive. You get this special version. You get these additional DLC. You get it earlier. That's what they did with Tomb Raider a couple of years ago. I think that's probably where they're going to be end up heading. You get it um, first and better on Xbox. Exactly, which a lot, which isn't for for that group of people who's going to be motivated by that. Who's going to say, "I need to play this game. I need to play it. I can't wait. I'm not going to wait a couple of years. I love this game." That's the kind of people who are going to get an Xbox. You just don't want to leave people behind who are like, well, I would play Call of Duty and I give you money, but now nah, I don't really feel like it. That's that. And that's, you know, that's that's capitalism, right? That's the whole idea of kind of figuring out um, how to get as many people to buy your product as possible. But this is so much speculation. Really, you'll have to see how they handle like the new games in the next year or so to really tell. I think they're going to go full exclusive. Um, you know, uh, right now, obviously, the I think it's Modern Warfare 2 is the new Call of Duty. Um, yeah. Uh, Isn't the old one? Wasn't there, wasn't there already a Modern Warfare 2? Well, yeah, but then they rebooted. Yeah, they yeah. rebooted Modern Warfare. So okay. the rumors Fair. are that a sequel to that 2017 or 2018 modern warfare is the the new call of duty um obviously that's going to be in talks with sony already so that contract's going to get honored um because call of duty's annualized it may even be that 2023's call of duty is uh already in contract with sony but i'm guessing by 2024 call of duty will be exclusive i'm not disputing that i'm saying i don't know how long that's gonna hold out yeah yeah i could definitely see them trying it and then backpedaling if it doesn't work the way they think it will yeah you know there's a there have been games that have been out again outside of flagship titles right you're never gonna see halo outside of xbox right you're just there's just certain games you're just never going to see them outside of of their uh, of the game you know uh, we have been seeing a move towards more cross-platforming we have seen a move towards uh releasing games on broader um uh, just on broader systems so plus and this is the thing that sony had doesn't and nintendo don't have to worry about which is that Microsoft has always held that a game released on Xbox is also released on the PC. And that is true, even with their exclusives. Mm-hmm. So we'll, it's going to be really interesting to see if this actually ends up boosting Steam sales for games versus Xbox sales. If you're somebody who likes a particular game, do you say, maybe I just see if it runs on my laptop Versus shelling out an additional four hundred five hundred dollars for a console. I mean, you don't even need to have a necessarily a, a great gaming rig to run a lot of modern games. Even you know, basic laptops now have particularly good graphic cards and good resolution. So you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, the laptop I'm filming yeah, that this is on a good can point. run Skyrim. Mm-hmm. I'm planning on using it for exactly. Elder Scrolls 6 when that comes out, if it's not going to be on exactly. PlayStation. 
So I know I personally <coughs> will just, I'll just use my PC. And I think that, and I think that's going to be true for Slotho. So I just, nah, then the, unless, unless Microsoft takes the unprecedented decision, which is to release games only on Xbox and not on PC, but that would be a huge turnaround for them. Yeah. I mean, the thing is for me, um, you know, with Call of Duty, I think I skipped the last two. What was that? Cold War and Vanguard. Mm-hmm. And um, if they show up on Game Pass, maybe I'll, I'll play the campaign. Um, mm-hmm. But you, part of the thing is I don't want those online trophies on my uh, PlayStation profile. Mm-hmm. But in the future, you know, if it's not going to affect my trophies and I don't have to pay extra for it because I have Game Pass, I don't know. I'll try it more. But uh, what's another one? Let's say that it is decide to remaster Tony Hawk 3 and 4. Am I going to pay 50 or $60 to get a physical copy for PlayStation when I can have it preloaded onto my Xbox? It's, yeah. Makes, yeah. It makes interesting... Uh, problem there but i think a lot of folks though will either buy a playstation or buy an xbox yeah and it's and you know for new consumers coming in people who are upgrading from a playstation 4 or people who don't have either one maybe this tips them into getting the new xbox I think if you already have a PS5, this doesn't make you buy an Xbox. It makes you buy the game on Steam. Yeah, unless you only buy uh, a console for Call of Duty. Yeah, unless you literally are that particular consumer. So that's why I, I'm, I'm skeptical This how long this ends up being... Uh, a, um, a trend in gaming uh, in the same way that you know you look at the explosion of streaming services and you say oh well that's interesting this will be the age of streaming services and five years from now there'll be four <laughs> right yeah. it's the same thing like right now this will be the age of exclusives and then in a couple of years they'll realize it doesn't make financial sense and then you'll start to see them come back um, in different forms yeah Remember they, they everyone forgets this is they did so, the same shit ten years ago with the Xbox 360 and the PS3. This is the same. This was very much the whole thing of like everyone being exclusives. That that era came and then it went away and now it's back again. So yeah. So this current news aside, for a long time I've felt that uh i really missed the days of exclusives um just because it kind of felt that was more of a decision factor to weigh in what system you wanted to get um you know depending on what kind of games you liked too but um you know i never really played much xbox in the old days not that i do now but uh it's like playstation we had Final Fantasy, Kingdom Hearts, God of War, you know, and then Uncharted once PS3 came out, you know, 
we just had all these great games that were uh, a really good reason to get a PlayStation. And now it's like, if you just make everything for every system, it's like, I like that that was that bit of healthy competition was there, you know? Um, I actually think it brought in, like it, it increases competition when they are not exclusives. Uh, you know, the reason that you can go out and purchase um, a flat screen television right now, a good quality one for like 400 bucks is because of competition. There's so many television manufacturers um, and margins are razor thin that they, they have to, and they have to constantly be perfecting their technology, making their televisions run better. Um, You know, I actually think the difference between the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5, you know, it becomes about whose graphic card is better, right? Who has a better interface? I, I, that actually benefits us as consumers going forward. Um, but I personally don't have like a, a deep-seated attachment to any particular um, company. I stick with PlayStation because of the trophy system and I got into doing trophies. Um, but it wasn't because like, I think Sony's great or anything. So. Yeah. I just, I, my parents bought me a PlayStation when I was a kid and, you know, eventually you ask for the PS2 and then Mm -hmm. you get a job and you buy your first PS3, which is sitting on the table next to me here. And yep. then you're in college, and you buy the PS4, and then you get a big boy job, or in you know other people's case, a big girl job or a big person mm-hmm. job, and you decide, well, shit, I can buy both, and then you don't <laughs> touch one of them ever again. Don't tell my wife, please. Um, so not to overshadow the news of Xbox buying Activision, but I know Joe had uh, something breaking news that he wanted to talk about about uh, a new Yu-Gi-Oh game that Shadow dropped. Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh Master Duel just stepped out of the Shadow Realm with no notice whatsoever. There really was no like ads or anything. They just said, hey guys, new Yu-Gi-Oh. And I'm really hyped about this because I love trading card games. Like, I'm a big fan of Magic the Gathering, Yu-Gi-Oh! And my biggest problem is I don't have people to play them with because no one else is that big a nerd that I know. (laughs) Like, really, the only reason I have someone to play Magic the Gathering with physically is because one day I walked up to my friend and said, do you play Magic the Gathering? No. And I handed them a deck and said, now you do. You know, my husband did the same thing to me. (laughs) It, you just indoctrinate people. You do. But yeah. He just handed me a magic deck and said, we're playing magic. And I went, I'm sorry, what now? <laughs> but yeah, and like, I was really excited when Magic Arena dropped. But unfortunately, it's only been on PC. And it's just, like, as mm-hmm. much as I love PC gaming, it's just so much easier for me to boot up a console. Because when I'm on my PC, there's so much other things to do that I'll get distracted. You know, going through the internet being on Discord, and I'll just completely forget I'm trying to play Magic. 
but this is pretty much it just looks like it's magic arena but for Yu-Gi-Oh so that's like a match made in heaven mm-hmm. plus it's free so i mean what yep. else do i have to say uh-huh. to get all of us playing Yu-Gi-Oh right yeah. now <laughs> all right so let's pause the episode yeah. we're going to go play that for a couple hours we'll come back we'll give our thoughts now is this a is this a free to play like a micro transaction bonanza or i would um something else um i'm <laughs> i would assume that's the case i mean if it's structured anything like magic arena then yeah um where like it is there is the free to play option but you can get a lot further ahead you know more quickly if you do put some money into Pay it to win which uh is my problem with why i stopped playing arena i was really big into it at first when it came out but just the economy in that is so bad. Um, just the rate at which you have to grind out the free currency to be able to get packs and like the amount of cards you get is just not like you sink so much time into it to uh, try and get the cards you want for whatever deck you're going to make. And it's like, it's just not worth it. That anymore. sounds like magic um, in real life. Yeah. And my. Uh- <laughs> My biggest problem with Arena is, like, you know, I played it regularly, and then I took, like, a few months off because of school, and then I went back to it. We were in a new season with new card packs available, and all of the decks I built were now 80% illegal because all of the cards were just, they decided they're no longer allowed to be played. And I'm just really hoping they don't do that with this, because I don't want to build my perfect deck. Then I go to play one day, and it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, Blue Eyes White Dragon is illegal now. You can't use it. That's why I only play Commander. Um, But it looks like this is different, though. So it looks like UGO is going to be both cross-platform and cross-play. But cards can also be dismantled and crafted, allowing players to use duplicates of cards they don't want towards cards they might need instead. So that sounds like an interesting mechanic. Okay. I like when they do that. Yeah, that's something I was really excited when I saw they were doing that I really wish we could have an arena. Um, I mean, I think you can do that in Hearthstone, right? I'm pretty sure where you mm-hmm. like dust cards or whatever, and then um, you can use that to get ones that you do want, but... Yeah, like a a crafting system like that makes these free-to-play games much, much more accessible Mm -hmm. and overall enjoyable, Um, a lot less frustrating. Because Magic has wild cards, but of different rarities, but you only get a wild card every six packs that you open, which is like an atrocious rate. Yeah. Sometimes you'll get a wild card in place of like the rare in the pack, you'll get a rare wild card. So like that feels nice, but it's just a normal rate of return. Like every six packs, that's, you know, ridiculous. Cause it's a thousand gold a pack. Mm-hmm. How long does it take to unlock a thousand gold? Uh, I want to say you get between like 20 and 50, okay. depending on if you finish the match or win it. Wow. Yeah, you don't actually get, or no, yeah, you do get gold per, per match, but it's uh, it caps off oh, per day, no. and it gradually decreases. So you get up to 15 like rewards for the day, 
but it gradually goes down. So like first win is like, you know, you get a hundred, 150. I forget now it's been so long, but then it'll go down by like 50 for a couple and then like cut it in half again. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I think if you get all 15, you like maybe just barely hit the thousand gold, but that takes so long because you have to win the game. So it's like you could have like four games in a row that you lose before you win one. You know, it's it's just, it's such a huge time sink. It's not worth it anymore. And that's frustrating. The free-to-play games, it's nice that it, because it's something that it be, is a good entryway point into this fandom, right? So if you like Yu-Gi-Oh!, you like Magic the Gathering, right? Free-to-play allows you to pick it up. You should try it out. But the microtransactions echo the worst part of those two card games in real life, which is if you don't have the money to buy individual game cards or to buy lots and lots of packs, you get, uh, you know, you're no longer competitive. Uh, it's, you know, that wonderful uh, yeah. arms race of magic, where you see cars going for like 3 or $4 to play in Commander. So, it sucks that that carries through to the to the online version too, because it, I think, it gets people in and then it turns people off. Mm-hmm. So yeah. hopefully, UGO is more balanced. Yeah, I will say it would hold me a lot more if they had an, a technology where every time you open a pack in the game, the controller emits that smell of fresh ink and cardboard, because that is just <laughs> like one of the best smells in the world. <laughs> Maybe some glimmer to to uh, mimic foil. Yeah, it is. yeah. You get a um, a foil card and it just spits out a bit of glitter. Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, Are you enjoying browsing the PlayStation yeah, that's Store why when we talk about Yu Gi Oh? I don't know what you're talking about. I have noticed that. Um, the nostalgia for opening um, card packs because my son, uh, even though he doesn't watch it and he doesn't really look at them, he loves opening new Pokemon packs. So when I am at the grocery store and I see like the little card packs hanging on the side, you know, for three dollars, I'll pick up a pack of Pokemon cards. And so that feeling of you know, opening a pack is, is really nice. And then his um, godfather got him, I don't know, like a lunchbox pack or whatever for Christmas. And when my son opened it, uh, you know, his godfather took this one pack and handed it to me. And he goes, you need to open this one because it's going to hit you hard. And I didn't understand what he meant. But I guess they are reprinting all of the original like Pokemon cards from when I was a kid. And so I was just going through them like, oh, my God, I had this one. I had Mm -hmm. this one. I had this one. And it was like all the old artwork. It was super cool. So I can appreciate that. But I don't want stuff coming out of my controller. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, I mean, nostalgia sells, right? Like, that's why... Every teenager I see like walking down the street is dressed like it's the 90s and everyone will shout out the fuck about friends. So, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm for a reissue of Pokemon cards and, you know, 
remaster all the games from PlayStation 2. I'm here for it. So many things I get to bleep out this episode. Thank you, yeah, Kate. I was not ready for that friend's hate out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> what did David Schwimmer ever do to you? <laughs> they were on a break, Joe. <laughs> <clears throat> Anyways. Friends is fine. It's just... Uh, it's just... It's fine. <laughs> Anyway, you should probably talk about what we're working on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, well, I just want to add one more thing. Um, well, that's why I've always liked playing the Yu-Gi-Oh games is because you get all the cards mm. that you have access to and can play with, and it's like you just made one purchase. Yeah. Like you bought the game, and then, you know, you get all the cards in it. So, mm-hmm. uh it's really nice for somebody that wants to play but doesn't have all the money for the actual cardboard. Um, but plus, you get to uh, it's not it's a lot less competitive against like the computers and stuff. So you can actually experiment with decks more and like make uh, different ideas. Even if if they are bad, you can still have fun trying to make it work. Where uh, if you try to actually play against a real person, they'll like shut you down in two turns and you're dead. It's like, I just wanted to do the cool thing, like, you know, but, yeah, it doesn't happen in real life, so. Yeah. Um, okay, let's see what's next. Okay, what, can we, how do I get rid of my Discord notifications? I don't know, close Discord? Oh, boy. Oh, there's Rambo. Okay, we're just going to exit out. <laughs> oh, we need to have a segment of the podcast where we just read stuff Rambo says. No. No. That's <laughs> oh, my God. Terrible just, idea. Let's say, we, let's say we do that and just never do that. Uh, so how long are, how far are we in right now? We are at we're like 50, 50 minutes. minutes. Yeah, well, to be so fair, we started just, at like 15 yeah, and there's and there's probably a good fifteen minutes to cut out, but I would just switch to games we're working on because I know that, that will still take. There's four of us talking about that and games we finished. Like that will take us a good another twenty five minutes easy. Yeah, and there's not much really new about any of the upcoming games. No, that's just more of us just kind of ranting. So we've ranted enough. Yeah. I have some upcoming games to talk about. Maybe next you, episode. Next episode, yeah. Well, because next episode will also take us into yeah. February. Well, they'll be out by then, so well, then you can talk. You, know. you can talk about how it just released. Yeah, and then we can talk about all the games coming out in February, because that will be the episode that will, that'll come out probably what February something. These, these games are in February. Yeah, let's see. It That's will what I'm be saying. So the next episode, February third. Yeah. So then, so we'll talk yeah, about all the but, February games. If we keep the same uh, recording rate, next episode won't be. <laughs> no, it's going to be February third. <laughs> so uh, the holidays are over, so everyone's like, yeah, everyone's we're back to normal. Says, now. At least mine has gone back to normal. Yeah. So. So games we're currently working on um, with the little challenge between Kate and I. I have done nothing except play Yakuza Zero. I've dabbled a little bit. 
I see every trophy ding and you pop it up on the server and I go, oh, um, I love that I made. I've dabbled a little bit in, you know, Yakuza Kiwami, Kiwami 2 and 6 just because I have them digitally. But Yeah, you've been bouncing around. Yeah, well, you need to break up from the graphics in Yakuza 0 with some of the newer <laughs> ones and just got to keep it fresh. Um, <laughs> when you're going from one WarioWare uh, game to another, right? You need to you need to break up all those mini games. Yeah. Uh, the big... Or you could just do like one whole day of just karaoke, but do karaoke of all of the games. Yeah, I thought about that. I'm still trying to decide what the best uh, <laughs> way to tackle it is. I'm just going to um, say that thought hurts me physically. It would be a whole day of karaoke. And there's a lot of songs that carry over with each game. So oh, you'll be playing Omatone Metal like 18 times. My favorite one is Judgment. That's a good song. I'll make sure to play it once we're done recording. Um, Perfect. The big, <laughs> the big news is that I beat Mahjong in Yakuza 0, which I was starting to think I was getting ready to give up and just let Kate have the victory <laughs> three weeks into January. But uh, I finally beat Mahjong, so... Uh, I got the rest of my completion list and some of the random stuff for Yakuza 0, and hopefully I'll have better news for the next episode. Joe, what are you working on? Uh, I am currently working on Kingdom Hearts Final Mix for the PS4 because, like I said last time, my resolution for 2022 is to be as close to serious completion as I can for Kingdom Hearts. And it just kind of worked out because I just got back from a trip visiting my amazing boyfriend. And while he may not be the biggest gamer, he does own Kingdom Hearts, the story so far. So that gave me the perfect reason to just plow through 20 hours of Kingdom Hearts without stopping. Uh, the couple that bonds over Kingdom Hearts stays together, right? Well, to be fair, I did it <laughs> while he was at work. I wasn't just sitting there making him watch me play Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Oh, but then you could do, and you could explain to your sibling other the story of Kingdom Hearts. Oh, no, I tell you, my husband no. loved when I did that. No, I don't want to lose. We're not so doing soon. this again. <laughs> We're not doing this That's again. That's fair. That's something you should definitely do. You know, once you're committed in the relationship, where they have no other options, they have nowhere to go. That's when you say, "All right, I'm going to sit you down and talk to you about Kingdom Hearts for four hours." <laughs> But yeah, so um, I did that, and I managed to get my speed run, my uh, no deaths, and my no equipment change all done. So really all I have left to do is get all the collectibles and beat the game on hard, and I'm done. Nice. Nice. Well done. That's a, that's a bit of a challenging platinum. It's not super difficult, but yeah. it's got a lot of components yeah. to it. Thankfully, the PS4 version is a lot easier because you need to do a lot less of the gummy ship and you don't need to play it three mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. What yeah. about the synthesis? You still have to get all that stuff? You do still have to get all of that, but it's worth it because you get the Ultima weapon at the end, so you could just decimate everything. Right, but do you still have to do it? <laughs> oh, me personally? Yes. I've made like oh, four man. things. 
You have to remember, I was speed running the game. I wasn't hanging out. All right, let me kill shadows for 20 minutes till I have all the lucid shards I need, and then I can move on to the next spot. I had stuff to do. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't even been to the Little Mermaid world yet. I just skipped that entirely to save an hour and a half. <laughs> there you go. Good choice. Tyler, what are you uh, working on right now? Well, uh, appropriately in the uh, to segue from the Microsoft discussion, I have been working on Destiny Two because mm. uh, they are graciously taking away again part of that next mm-hmm. month, um, which might possibly be the worst business model ever for a game. Uh, because I, I mean, I bought, I had the intention of playing the series, you know, eventually, uh, starting on it. Cause my brother is really big into it. You know, I'd be able to play with him and stuff. And, uh, they had a bundle of forsaken and shadow keep that went on sale like two years ago for 20 or 30 yeah. bucks. So I got that, you know, cause I was like, eventually I'll do that. Then I find out they're taking it out of the game. So, oh, no kind of forcing me to finally play it <laughs> but yeah not uh too pleased with that uh and um I mean that's really what I'm focusing on now since there's about almost a month exactly I think it goes offline the 22nd February I think just uh, over a month that's yeah. that's a weird you know if you're gonna put something in a uh, trophy list and I'm assuming it's also in the uh, achievement list like I don't know maybe don't take it out of the game uh, I was overall <laughs> disappointed with yeah. Destiny 2 um, right before Destiny 2 came out my friend and I got super into Destiny 1 so we both pre-ordered Destiny 2 and we beat it in like a night and we were like this this is it <laughs> Like, we dropped it. Yeah, that's how I felt after the first one. I was like, yeah. what? That was like a three-hour game. What the hell? Yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah. Um, and I mean, especially if you're going to do that with like a DLC, you should paid do DLC. something. Yeah. Like, you should do something to offset taking that away when people paid for it. You know, either, I mean, not that they'd ever even consider, but, you know, refund everybody that bought it. Because, like, hey, the thing you paid for, you can no longer use, so you should get your money back. Or, like, something in-game equivalent, like, you get a very strong piece of equipment or something that only people who had that DLC. Yeah. Like a legacy. I don't know. Some, yeah, some kind of payoff. So it's not just like, what the hell Mm -hmm. you just ripped me off. I, yeah, it leaves a sour taste in the mouth. Yeah. I kind of, um, shelved the game when, what was it? they just announced that they were going to free to play and, um, you know, rebranded it as first light or new light or whatever. Um, because Mm -hmm. the addition of destiny two that I 
bought, I think it was the collector's edition, came with the expansion pass. And then once that new light or whatever came out, that expansion pass didn't apply to any of it. So the Forsaken campaign, nothing was uh, free. So it was like, why did I pay this extra money for the expansion pass? Because I don't think anything came out for the expansion pass. Yeah, Forsaken was the first expansion. Yeah, and I have to pay for Forsaken. So that was my gripe with Destiny 2, mm-hmm. and I haven't touched it since. Kate, what, uh, what, what are you working on over there on the old PS5? <laughs> the old most recent console, yeah. PS5. Um, I am doing um, my indie January. I usually in January um, tend to get really into whatever is the smaller kind of games because I like to take advantage of PlayStation's December sales to to get you know deep dive into into games I have heard about maybe the grapevine but have not tried. Uh, and I'm currently playing Serial Cleaner, which is um, a top down kind of puzzle game where you are uh, a cleaner for the mob so you go in and you hide the body to pick up the evidence you clean down the blood uh i refer to it as cute in that not of subject matter but just in terms of the way that they pre- uh presentation it's very like donut country in the graphics the music it's got a satirical story underneath it um, it's set in the 1970s so it's very retro um, and it's just a kind of enjoyable game. It's a pretty straightforward platinum. It's a, uh, it's a little bit challenging in certain levels. Um, because you have to, if you get caught by the police, you get reset to the beginning of the level, but it's a challenge that rewards you. Like it's not, it's not in- frustrating. It's more, it just kind of like, Oh, you have to figure out the correct path to go. So I'm enjoying it. Um, I recommend it to anybody. It's a little, like seven bucks on PlayStation right now. How uh, how forgiving is it if you take the wrong path? Like, do you have to start completely over on that level, or um, you there you have it's it kind of has a feel of like old Metal Gear Solid in that you can hide in boxes, and so if you get caught, it's not uh, you're immediately reset. Uh, you do have the ability to potentially escape and hide, um, and there's a bit of randomness in it, and that's uh, um, where evidence and bodies are changes. Um, where some of the the paths that some of the guards will take are slightly randomized, um, and they switch up throughout the level. But it's again, it adds a nice challenge because all of the levels are relatively short, so you're never going to be investing you know 20 minutes in a level and then have it all kind of wash away. So that's nice. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Well, um, I haven't finished anything, so <laughs> has that's just a power. okay, Tyler. <laughs> has anybody fi- finished anything uh, since our last episode? Um, I <clears throat> I recently finished uh, Gem Smashers because that was a game that I heard was really easy to do on PS Now, and Same. it was awful, and I regret playing it. 
it was it was Atari breakout but bad. And what sucks is there's one trophy you get for beating the starting world as all three playable characters. But it just doesn't work. So you just have to keep playing levels randomly until the game decides to let you in. So I ended up playing pretty much the whole game three times through to get that one trophy. I was going to say, I I found the game to be... For what it was, I I liked it. Like in terms of like, I liked the first playthrough. I was like, oh, this is kind of cute. This oh, yeah. is fine. But that but that one trophy did sour the experience for me because it was the what you needed to do to unlock it was not at all clear. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I, that first playthrough I thought was great for what it was, and I if I had ended up buying it for like five bucks or less, I wouldn't have minded that money. But that last trophy just made me just despise the game, and I don't recommend it to anyone. Yeah. And then apparently the, there is a set, so you have to you do the one playthrough with one character, then the other two you have to beat the first three bosses, and then with those two characters you go to this the unlock that bonus level, play that bonus level with each, and then go back to your original character, and it will pop on the loading screen. I only found that by taking a deep dive, a very deep dive into forum posts about that game. Mm-hmm. And one person mentioned it. Oh, yeah. And it was just a year ago. It was just one of those um, things where all the forum yeah. posts said different things and no one knew what, it, what yes. to do. So I just experimented until it did it. Yeah. I tried that guy's method first and it worked. So that would be my recommendation. If anyone plays Gem Smashers, what you think is going to be an easy platinum or you got suckered in, that's how you should do it. But yeah, so I finished that, and then I also played uh, Roombo First Blood, which is a very Ooh. fun little game where you play as a little Roomba smart vacuum, and it's your job to murder okay. a bunch of people who try to break into your house. I'm sold. It was I bought it for like four bucks on... I will tell you the only reason I bought it is because one of my friends described it as that game where the trophy icons are sexy guys. (laughs) (laughs) Joe, I already said I'm full of the game. Stop giving me more reasons to buy it. It was honestly, it was a great time. It took me like three hours to do. And I just had a big goofy smile on my face the whole time. Cause it's just, you know, there are these burglars walking around the house and you're just pootering along then you enter hack mode and drop a ceiling fan on their head. And then you suck up their leg and just make them explode into viscera. And then when the mission ends, you get this happy little jingle. And then you get 90 seconds to clean up all the blood to be happy. <laughs> Honestly, it's, it. it's not the game I thought I needed, but it's exactly what I needed. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> That's were you not we are, ready for that? Talking, we are talking about some seriously bloody games that are that are also cute. Yeah, like I don't know what's happening. Like, I'm not afraid to say that Roombo First Blood is actually a cute game, despite all of the viscera and gore in it. That's what I'm saying about serial cleaner. <laughs> telling you guys, apparently cleaning up the blood is like <laughs> the new Pokemon of games. <clears throat> 
That's a quote. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just finished a great game talking about games that you uh, didn't know you needed, but you're glad you played it, and that was Celeste, which is a game I've heard about. um, I've heard it raved about. It's a challenging platformer. Uh, I came upon it on PlayStation Now. I was like, I love a good a good challenge. Uh, it is it is a hard game, um, but it is a game that each level um, is long, but there's plenty of checkpoints, um, and at, you get better at it as you go. Um, and it is a game that it you it never feels like it's punishing you just to punish you like Super Meat Boy. It really does feel like you're just. You're learning and growing with the game. But it has a beautiful story. It is about um, this character, Madeline, who is uh, trying to climb this mountain to prove that she can. She's challenged. And it's like, it's an allegory for overcoming depression, but also accepting a trans identity. And it's it's done in a way that is the story mirrors beautifully with the gameplay. And I just love every bit of it. If, if you guys have not played Celeste yet, you need to play Celeste. I, yeah. I recently played Celeste too because I bought it when it was on sale for like $3. And I still need to go back for all the strawberries to get the platinum. But it was a very fun experience. And what I really like about Celeste personally is that, yes, it is a brutally difficult game. But it also has such great accessibility options that if yes. you're not good at it, you could just turn off the ability to die so you could still play this amazing game and not be held back by all the, oh, we'll get good scrub gatekeepers from things like Dark Souls and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's, and, which is great because everybody can, can enjoy the story, which is phenomenal. Like, how often do you have a platforming game? That has a great story attached to it. Guacamelee. That's more of a Metroidvania than a platformer, though. Like this is a straight up. This is this is Super Meat Boy. I mean, this is this is a uh, a platformer at its core. There's no other. There's no uh, fighting. It's just platforming. Really, there's no combat. No combat. It's uh, it is a puzzle platformer. I have it sealed. Um, I bought it from Limited Run. I've always been like, you know, I don't want to open a Limited Run game. Uh, and then, of course, my PS Now lapses. So one day I'll Just buy a it. month for like 10 bucks. You can beat the game in like two days if you really try. Okay, that's yeah. two days I'm not playing Yakuza, though. Uh, that's a valid point. <laughs> well, think think of this as like a, a maybe a little reward for the first Yakuza game you platinum, right? This is because I I do think this is this to me feels like one of those games that as a gamer you have to try, you have to play it um, because it is at its like it is it's hard to find a fault in it. It's a pretty streamlined experience in terms of controls. It's easy to pick up. Uh, they add, the, the way that they add mechanics is very intuitive. Beautiful story. Gorgeous score. And it's it's very adorably um, rendered in, in pixel art. Like, it's just, it's just cute. 
This is going to turn into Celeste uh, fan yeah, cast. Let's just gush about <laughs> Celeste for an hour. I, I, I happily gush about it for an hour. Uh, there's even like just the little touches. There's a char- There's a old lady granny character that you meet who kind of mocks you in your your quest to climb this mountain, and she laughs at you. And as she laughs at you, little ha ha's appear and float over the screen. And it's just they have these little added touches that just just make you smile. The, I will say the one piece of polish that really made me realize the game was a ten out of ten was in, I think it was the hotel level, when Theo climbs in the vents to try to escape, and you meet him yes. later in the level in one of the ceiling vents, and his character portrait is upside down because he's hanging from the ceiling. Yes, every time your character switches, if they're looking to the left, the character portrait looks to the left. I, I noticed that too, where it was just like, oh, it's so, just so well done. And hard. Like, it's so... So rewarding when you beat a really hard level. It took me three days to get through all of the, um, to get through all of the levels, collect all the strawberries and do the B levels. I could not do the C levels legit. Uh, One day I want to go back and try to do that without having to use any accessibility options. Um, But this game was just beautiful. Love it. So I guess the accessibility options don't lock you out of any trophies? Nope. They don't. Um, and so what I would do is I would I left on the ability to die, but I was giving myself extra dashes mm. as like a little as a little like security blanket uh, to get through some tough parts. I mean it looks like fun. You know, we have the the video playing here. Um, I'm just, I'm not good at these kinds of games, but I've heard so many good things about it. What's nice is that each, um, the sea levels are different. So you, those are like the, you have to do the whole one go, but all of these, um, each screen, you reset at the beginning of the screen and the game, by the way, saves, if you need to exit out for a particular reason, you go right to the same part. So you're never replaying a difficult section you it's it's rare that you play more than what would be 15 to 20 seconds of hard gameplay to get to a particular part of the screen. E- even some of the later levels, you may only have to ever play 30 seconds of gameplay at a time. So really, it, it, it's not frustrating. Um, it's unlike other games where it's like, okay, I know this part. I do this again and again and again just to get back to the part that I died at. Celeste doesn't really ever put you in that position, which I think is the difference between a, a platformer being challenging, but like, oh my, I love it, and being like, fuck you, game, <laughs> and why need to destroy it and break your controller into a million pieces. Yeah. We're really going to break the sensor button design. tonight, huh? I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> sorry. It's late at night. I'm getting salty. Yeah, so is there uh, anything anyone else finished that we want to talk about? Um, I mean, it's nothing uh, major, um, but while we were doing the the trophy contest, uh, I was taking the opportunity to try to go through and clean up a lot of games that Mm -hmm. have kind of been sitting at like, you know, 97, 93% for years. 
So I finally 100%ed uh, Batman Arkham City on PS3. Nice. Because I got the Nightwing DLC. That's a big one, yeah. 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 Uh, All I was missing was uh, I just didn't have the Nightwing DLC yet and, you know, had to do all of the the Riddler challenges Mm -hmm. for him. Didn't you start? uh, Are not fun to do. Like all, all that you do. Oh, the combat (laughs) ones are fine. I hate the Predator ones because it's like (laughs) you can try. uh, Like I don't know. Just maybe it's just uh, the uh, all the thugs are uh, more aware when I'm playing the game. (laughs) But they somehow always know what I'm doing when they can't even see me. I'm like, there's no way that you just turned around and immediately knew I was there when you have no line of sight. Did you? So I was getting really Did pissed. you creak a floorboard or something? <laughs> you just step on a big twig. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the other one was... Uh, a free-to-play game that was called Shakespeare's on PS3. Mm. Uh, it's it's very easy. A um, little bit time-consuming, uh, but not terrible. Uh, I did have to restart it, though, which was part of my problem because I messed up one of the ways you need to get the trophies. Because um, there's a, an in-game currency... But you don't, it makes you think you need to use it to get the, uh, it's not even a platinum, it's just 100%. Because um, there's like 8 or 10 trophies, I don't know. But uh, yeah, you you can use the, uh, the currency in a way to upgrade your knight that you don't have to spend any money or anything. Uh which is good that you know they they made it that way, but uh, yeah, that's about it. I think. Um, Seems like we're back to you guys finishing stuff. While I don't, so I'm glad all is back fair, to normal. To be fair, you are you've taken on a very big undertaking, so you can't beat yourself up. You know, it's not like you're just putzing around in like Spider Man or something. Uh, I can't wait till Kate has to download and play Yakuza. You know, Speaking. if if that if my if I inspire you to finally finish platinuming every game in the Yakuza series, if I I made that happen, I will happily play a Yakuza game. Yeah, I don't know if I want to give you that satisfaction though. <laughs> Well then, then I win either way. So yeah, I'm just glad Kate made the bet before I did because I was this close <laughs> to saying that if you platinum all the Yakuza games by the end of the year, I'd get Kiryu's back tattoo. And I'm glad I didn't make that bet because that's a very expensive bet. So say I, I, I make my bets a lot less permanently. <laughs> <laughs> And I know how pissed Koi's going to be when I uh, beat him to it. <laughs> but I think that might be it for the for the episode. Yes. So, um, 
A quick, I guess, not game related, but since Joe brought it up with uh, speaking of Spider-Man, did anybody no, see No Way no, Home? No, we're not doing this. Do not, T- Tyler. I swear to God, I'm not. I'm not saying anything. You. I will but... block you. Don't <laughs> never, never, never talk about a new release around a parent. Okay, they need at least, they need an additional six months to see any given movie. <laughs> For a second there, I forgot okay. that Kick met removed from the server, and I thought you meant you were literally going to fly down to where he lives and kick him. <laughs> I might. I was gonna say. It doesn't say he can't do both. <laughs> yeah, stopped at a stoplight. <laughs> Kick, permanent ban. <laughs> DM, I'll see you in five hours. <laughs> yeah. Get ready, bucko. <laughs> well. All right, let's wrap this up. Well, that's our show for today. Uh, thank you for listening, everyone. Remember to check out Pandas with Bombs Discord for your trophy hunting needs and connect with us on your favorite social media platforms. Uh, we're also going to add in, please uh, leave a review and uh, some stars on your favorite podcast app. I'm your host, Joe Bear. Thanks again to our co-hosts, Joe, Tyler, and Kate. Uh, thanks to Digsy 17 for our logo. And that's all for today. Bye, guys. Bye. See you later.